Hello and welcome once again to a Weekly Torah. I'm James. This is the 28th week reading of April 9th, 2022. This is 8 Nisan, 5782. This is Metzora, the infected one. Torah portion today will be Leviticus 14.1 through 15.33. The half Torah is 2 Kings 7.3 through 20. Malachi chapter 3. Verse, starting with verse 4, going through 24. The Brit Hadashah, New Testament, will be the first reading is Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. Matthew chapter 17, verses 9 through 13. Mark chapter 1, verses 35 through 45. Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 22 through 35. And John will be our last one which is starting with chapter 8, verses 6 through 13. We are now starting with chapter 14, Leviticus. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought unto the priest. And the priest shall go forth out of the camp, and the priest shall look, and behold, if the plague of leprosy be healed in the leper, then shall the priest command to take for him that is to be cleansed two birds alive and clean and cedar wood and scarlet and hyssop. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. As for the living bird, he shall take it and the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop and shall dip them and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. And he shall sprinkle upon him that it is to be cleansed from the leprosy seven times, and shall pronounce him clean, and shall let the living bird loose into the open field. And he that is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes, and shave off all his hair, and wash himself in water, that he may be clean. And after that he shall come into the camp, and shall tarry abroad out of his tent seven days. But it shall be on the seventh day, that he shall shave all his hair off his head, and his beard, and his eyebrows, even all his hair, he shall shave off. And he shall wash his clothes also, he shall wash his flesh in water, and he shall be clean. And on the eighth day he shall take two he lambs without blemish, and one ewe lamb of the first year without blemish, and three-tenth deals of fine flour, for a meat offering mingled with oil and one log of oil. And the priest that maketh him clean shall present the man that is to be made clean and those things before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And the priest shall take one he lamb and offer him for a trespass offering and a log of oil and wave them for a wave offering before the Lord. And he shall slay the lamb in the place where he shall kill the sin offering and the burnt offering in the holy place. For as the sin offering is, the priest so is the trespass offering. It is most holy. And the priest shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering and the priest shall put it upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed and upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the great toe of his right foot. And the priest shall take some of the log of oil, and pour it into the palm of his own left hand. 
And the priest shall dip his right finger in the oil that is in his left hand, and shall sprinkle of the oil with his finger seven times before the Lord. And of the rest of the oil that is in his hand shall the priest put upon the tip of his right ear of him that is to be cleansed, and upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the great toe of his right foot, upon the blood of the trespass overing. And the remnant of the oil that is in the priest's hand, he shall pour upon the head of him that is to be cleansed, and the priest shall make an atonement for him before the Lord. And the priest shall offer the sin offering, and make an atonement for him that is to be cleansed from his uncleanness. And afterward he shall kill the burnt offering. And the priest shall offer the burnt offering and the meat offering upon the altar, and the priest shall make an atonement for him, and he shall be clean. And if he be poor, and cannot get so much, then he shall take one lamb for a trespass offering to be waived, to make an atonement for him. And one-tenth deal of fine flour mingled with oil for a meat offering and a log of oil. The two turtle doves, or two young pigeons, such as he is able to get, and the one shall be a sin offering, and the other a burn offering. And he shall bring them on the eighth day for his cleansing unto the priest, unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord. And the priest shall take the lamb of the trespass offering, and the log of oil, and the priest shall wave them for a wave offering before the Lord. And he shall kill the lamb of the trespass offering, and the priest shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering, and put it upon the tip of his right ear of him that is to be cleansed, and upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the great toe of his right foot. And the priest shall pour of the oil into the palm of his own left hand. And the priest shall sprinkle with his right finger some of the oil that is in his left hand seven times before the Lord. And the priest shall put of the oil that is in his hand upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed, and upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the great toe of his right foot, upon the place of the blood of the trespass offering." And the rest of the oil that is in the priest's hand he shall put upon the head of him that is to be cleansed, to make an atonement for him before the Lord. And he shall offer the one of the turtle doves, or of the young pigeons, such as he can get. Even such as he is able to get, the one for a sin offering, and the other for a burn offering, with the meat offering, and the priest shall make an atonement for him that is to be cleansed before the Lord." This is the law of him in whom is the plague of leprosy, whose hand is not able to get that which pertaineth to his cleansing. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, When ye be come into the land of Canaan, which I give to you for a possession, and I put the plague of leprosy in a house of the land of your possession, and he that owneth the house shall come and tell the priest, saying, It seemeth to me there is as it were a plague in the house. Then the priest shall command that they empty the house before the priest go into it to see the plague, that all that is in the house be not made unclean, and afterward the priest shall go in to see the house. 
And he shall look on the plague, and behold, if the plague be in the walls of the house, with hollow strakes, greenish or reddish, which his sight are lower than the wall, then the priest shall go out of the house to the door of the house, and shut up the house seven days. And the priest shall come again the seventh day, and shall look. And behold, if the plague be spread in the walls of the house, then the priests shall command that they take away the stones in which the plague is, and they shall cast them into an unclean place without the city. And he shall cause the house to be scraped within, round about, and they shall pour out the dust that they scrape off without the city into an unclean place. And they shall take other stones, and put them in the place of those stones, and he shall take other mortar, and shall plaster the house. And if the plague come again, and break out in the house after that, he hath taken away the stones, and after he hath scraped the house, and after it is plastered, then the priest shall come and look, and behold, if the plague be spread in the house, it is a fretting leprosy in the house, it is unclean. And he shall break down the house, the stones of it, and the timber thereof, and all the mortar of the house, and he shall carry them forth out of the city into an unclean place. Moreover, he that goeth into the house all the while that it is shut up shall be unclean until the evening. And he that lieth in the house shall wash his clothes, and he that eateth in the house shall wash his clothes. And if the priest shall come in and look upon it, and behold, the plague hath not spread in the house, after the house was plastered, then the priest shall pronounce the house clean, because the plague is healed. And he shall take to cleanse the house two birds, and cedar wood, and scarlet, and hyssop. And he shall kill the one of the birds in an earthen vessel over running water. And he shall take the cedar wood, and the hyssop, and the scarlet, and the living bird, and dip them in the blood of the slain bird, and in the running water, and sprinkle the house seven times. And he shall cleanse the house with the blood of the bird, and with the running water, and with the living bird, and with the cedar wood, and with the hyssop, and with the scarlet. But he shall let go the living bird out of the city into the open fields, and make an atonement for the house and it shall be clean. This is the law for all manner of plague of leprosy and skull, and for the leprosy of a garment and of a house, and for a rising and for a scab and for a bright spot, to teach when it is unclean and when it is clean. This is the law of the leprosy. Chapter 15 And the Lord spake unto Moses and to Aaron, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, when any man hath a running issue out of his flesh, because of his issue he is unclean. And this shall be his uncleanness in his issue, whether his flesh run with its issue, or his flesh be stopped from its issue, it is his uncleanness. Every bed whereon he lieth that hath the issue is unclean. And everything whereon he sitteth shall be unclean. And whosoever toucheth his bed shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And he that sitteth in anything whereon he sat that hath the issue shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. 
And he that toucheth the flesh of him that hath the issue shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the even. And if he that hath the issue spit upon him that is clean, then he shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And what saddle soever he rideth upon that hath the issue shall be unclean. And whosoever toucheth anything that was under him shall be unclean until the evening. And he that beareth any of those things shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And whomsoever he toucheth that hath the issue, and hath not rinsed his hands in water, he shall wash his clothes, and bathe himself in water, and be unclean until the evening. And the vessel of earth that he toucheth, which hath the issue, shall be broken, and every vessel of wood shall be rinsed in water. And when he that hath an issue is cleansed of his issue, then he shall number to himself seven days for his cleaning." and wash his clothes, and bathe his flesh in running water, and shall be clean. And on the eighth day he shall take to him two turtle doves, or two young pigeons, and come before the Lord unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and give them unto the priest. And the priest shall offer them, the one for a sin offering, and the other for a burnt offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for him before the Lord for his issue. And if any man's seed of copulation go out from him, then he shall wash all his flesh in water, and be unclean until the evening. And every garment, and every skin, whereon is the seed of copulation, shall be washed with water, and be unclean until the evening. The woman also, with whom man shall lie with seed of copulation, they shall both bathe themselves in water, and be unclean until the evening. And if a woman have an issue, and her issue in her flesh be blood, she shall be put apart seven days, and whosoever toucheth her shall be unclean until the evening. And everything that she lieth upon in her separation shall be unclean. Everything also that she sitteth upon shall be unclean. And whosoever toucheth her bed shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And whosoever toucheth anything that she sat upon shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And if it be on her bed or on anything thereon she sitteth, when he toucheth it, he shall be unclean until the evening. And if any man lie with her at all, and her flowers be upon him, he shall be unclean seven days, and all the bed whereon he lieth shall be unclean. And if a woman have an issue of her blood many days out of the time of her separation, or if it run beyond the time of her separation, all the days of the issue of her uncleanness shall be as the days of her separation, she shall be unclean. Every bed whereupon she lieth all the days of her issue shall be upon her as the bed of her separation, and whatsoever she sitteth upon shall be unclean, as the uncleanness of her separation. And whosoever toucheth those things shall be unclean, and shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water, and be unclean until the evening. 
and if she be cleansed of her issue, then she shall number to herself seven days, and after that she shall be clean. And on the eighth day she shall take unto her two turtle doves, or two young pigeons, and bring them unto the priest, to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And the priest shall offer the one for a sin offering, and the other for a burn offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for her before the Lord for the issue of her uncleanness. Thus shall ye separate the children of Israel from their uncleanness, that they die not in their uncleanness, when they defile my tabernacle that is among them. This is the law of him that hath an issue, and of him whose seed goeth from him, and is defiled therewith. And if her that is sick of her flowers, and of him that hath an issue, of the man and of the woman, and of him that lieth with her, that is unclean. We now move to the half Torah, and we're going to go first to Second uh, Kings, uh, chapter seven, verses three to through twenty. But first, we're going to do a little bit of a survey on uh, the chapter of Kings. This particular part will be uh, stories of Elisha. The aim of these books is nowhere clearly stated, but even a casual reading will make clear that the writer set out to demonstrate that although Israel stood in covenant relationship with God, most of her kings had rejected and outraged the covenant obligations. The kings of both Judah and Israel are passed in review and as far as possible treated contemporaneously. The worth of each king is determined by comparison with two kings of former years. King David, who held closely to the covenant, and keep Jeroboam of Israel, who forsook the covenant. Comparison in this way shows whether a given king walked in the ways of David his father or in the ways of Jeroboam the son of uh, Nebat. It is evident that the writer of Kings found that on this basis very few of the kings of Israel or Judah kept the covenant with God. Notable exceptions were Asa, that's 1 Kings 15, Jehoshaphat, 1 Kings 22, Hezekiah, 2 Kings 18 through 20, and Josiah, 2 Kings 22 through 23. And even these had some defects. David realized the ideal more closely than any. His parting advice to his son Solomon was that he should keep God's commandments, 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 3. In that course lay the only hope of prosperity and peace. To depart from that way was to risk divine judgment. Loyalty to God's covenant was an ancient requirement in Israel. It stemmed from Abraham, but found national expression at the time of the Exodus when Israel, recently delivered from Egypt, stood at Mount Sinai and entered into a solemn covenant with God. That's in Exodus chapter 19, verse 5, chapter 24, verses 3 through 8. Thereafter, Israel was to be God's own people. 
set apart from the nations, obedient to his commandments, and loyal to him. The Israelites were forbidden to enter into covenants with other nations or other gods. Adherence to the covenant with God would result in blessing. Departure from it would result in cursing and judgment. These principles are clearly worked out in 2 Kings 17-23. through The writer traces the story of Israel's kings from Solomon to the last king of Judah. In a frank, honest fashion, he records the sad story of the rejection of the covenant by most of the rulers. The final collapse of Israel before Assyria, 2 Kings 17, and of Judah before Babylon, 2 Kings 25, was a demonstration of the truth of the principle underlying the book and came as no surprise to men of spiritual discernment. In later days, the two books of Kings remained as a warning to the remnant of God's people and thus provided a practical lesson in the truth that rejection of God's covenant being a sinful and rebellious act can only result in divine judgment. And now about the author of Kings. Now the author of Kings is unknown. He had access to written records such as the Book of the Acts of Solomon, which is 1 Kings 11.41, the Book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel, 1 Kings 14.19, and elsewhere, and the Book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah, 1 Kings 14.29 and elsewhere, which were probably official annuals. He may also have used earlier compilations made possibly by some of the prophets. The final compiler must have lived beyond the downfall of Judah in 586 B.C., for he recorded the release of Jehoash in about 560 B.C., 2 Kings 25, 27-30. We may speculate from his interest in the covenant that he was a prophet roughly contemporary with Jeremiah, and that he wrote in the first half of the 6th century B.C. Now with uh, 2 Kings, chapter 7, starting with verse 3 through 20. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. And they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore come and let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. And they rose up in the twilight to go unto the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the othermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Therefore they arose and fled in the twilight, 
and left their tents and their horses and their asses and even the camp as it was and fled for their life. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried thence silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. Then they said one to another, We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come, that we may go and tell the king's household. So they went and called unto the porter of the city. And they told them, saying, We came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of man, but horses tied and asses tied, and the tents as they were. And he called the porters, and they told it to the king's house within. And the king arose in the night and said unto his servants, I will now show you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we be hungry. Therefore are they gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, When they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. And one of his servants answered and said, Let some take, I pray thee, five of the horses that remain, which are left in the city. Behold, they are as all the multitude of Israel that are left in it. Behold, I say, they are even as all the multitude of the Israelites that are consumed, and let us send and see. They took their, therefore two chariot horses, and the king sent after the host of the Syrians, saying, Go and see. And they went after them unto Jordan. And lo, all the way was full of garments and vessels, which the Syrians had cast away in their haste. And the messengers returned and told the king. And the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians. So a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. And the king appointed the Lord, on whose hand he leaned to have the charge of the gate. And the people trod upon him in the gate, and he died, as the men of God had said who spake when the king came down to him. And it came to pass, as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, Two measures of barley for a shekel, and a measure of fine flour for a shekel, shall be tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria. And that Lord answered the man of God, and said, Now, behold, if the Lord should make windows in heaven, might such a thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. And so it fell out unto him, for the people trod upon him in the gate, and he died. We turn now to Malachi chapter 3, verses 4 through 24. And then in something like the King James Bible, that would be chapter 3 and chapter 4. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek 
shall suddenly come to his temple even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in behold he shall come saith the lord of hosts but who may abide the day of his coming and who shall stand when he appeareth for he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap and he shall sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver and he shall purify the sons of levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the lord an offering in righteousness then shall the offering of judah and jerusalem be pleasant unto the lord as in the days of old and as in former years and i will come near to you to judgment and i will be a swift witness against the sorcerers and against the adulterers and against false swearers and against those that oppress the hireling in his wages the widow and the fatherless and that turn aside the stranger from his right and fear not me saith the lord of hosts for i am the lord i change not therefore ye sons of jacob are not consumed even from the days of your fathers ye are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them return unto me and i will return unto you saith the lord of hosts but ye said wherein shall we return will a man rob god yet ye have robbed me but you say wherein have we robbed thee in tithes and offerings ye are cursed with a curse for ye have robbed me even this whole nation bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse and there may be meat in mine house and prove me now henceforth, saith the lord of hosts if i will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it and i will rebuke and devour for your sakes and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field saith the lord of hosts and all nations shall call you blessed for ye shall be a delightsome land saith the lord of hosts your words have been stout against me saith the lord yet ye say what have we spoken so much against thee ye have said it is vain to serve god and what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked mournfully before the lord of hosts and now we call the proud happy yea they that work wickedness are set up yea they that tempt god are even delivered when they are feared, the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord, and that thought upon his name. And they shall be not mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them, as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then shall ye return, and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. Chapter 4 For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly, shall be stubble, 
and the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, and it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, whom I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And ye shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Now we turn to the Brit Hadashah, the New Testament, starting with Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, and behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleaned. And Jesus saith unto him, See thou, tell no man, but go thy way. Show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. We turn now to Matthew chapter 17, starting with verse 9 through 13. And as they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, saying, Tell the vision to no man until the Son of Man be risen again from the dead. And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then say the scribes that Elijah must first come? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Elijah truly shall first come, and restore all things. But I say unto you, that Elijah is come already. And they knew him not, but have done unto him whatsoever they listed. Likewise shall also the Son of Man suffer of them. Then the disciples understood that he spake unto them of John the Baptist. Turning to Mark, chapter 1, verses 35 through 45. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. And he said unto them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also, for therefore come I forth. And he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee, and cast out devils. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him, and forthwith sent him away, and saith unto him, 
See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way. Show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But he went out and began to publish it much, and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places. And they came to him from every quarter. We now turn to Luke the physician, starting at chapter 2, verses 22 through 35. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word, for thine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy temple Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simon blessed them, and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Lastly, we turn to John chapter 8, verses 6 through 13. This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down, and with his finger wrote on the ground, as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself, and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go, and sin no more. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. 
He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself, thy record is not true. I thank you very much for joining me, and I hope to see you again next week for A Torah Weekly. This is James. Thank you. Bye-bye.